With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Featuring, Kel, coming this week. Y'all tap in with it, Kel. It's something real nifty. It's something real sporty. On hood, we got a great interview, Kel. Howdy Warzone listeners, my name is Mike Casper and I wanted to share why I've been a Warzone Patreon going on two years. I've been a member of quite a few other fantasy football Patreons and never had a one-on-one connection like I do with the Warzone host. Memphis has called me to discuss team-specific and rookie draft strategies multiple times and that's something I've just never experienced anywhere else. Uh, Memphis has also given podcasting advice on a regular basis and supports the individual Patreons and sharing their talents with the group. The group chat is always active. There's no group think there. People are honest and willing to share their opinions. And last, the Patreon leagues are fun and always active in trading. I know one league had over 20 trades in a 24-hour time period. So if that's something you're interested in, sign up for the Patreon. The price stays the same, but the perks being a Patreon keep rising. I'll see you there and look forward to welcoming you to the family. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone. The people's... Dynasty podcast, hot take month, going to continue tonight. We're going to do some more QB hot takes, but there is no Jerry on this week's show. But I am not flying alone, as my good co-host Jerry is out helping his lovely wife uh, relocate across the country to uh, to new digs. I am uh, I'm with guest, not flying solo. Tonight's guest is Theo Griminger. And Theo is a high-stakes fantasy football player. He was the NFFC Silver Bullet runner-up in 2019, the NFFC number one contender combined standings in 2019. He is the co-host of the Goat District podcast and a content contributor at Roto Underworld and Player Profiler. You can follow him on Twitter at the OG Fantasy. Theo, my friend, welcome back to the Dynasty War Zone. That's quite a bio, by the way. I, I'm uh, I appreciate the uh, the intro, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to be back on the War Zone. Um, I love competing against you guys in Dynasty leagues, and um, you know, I'm a big fan of the War Zone. I listen to it weekly, so I'm I'm stoked. When you said I can I can fill in for a uh, a great co-host like Jerry, I said I'm absolutely stepping in those shoes tonight. Well, well, I, I, I'm speaking on behalf of Jerry as. Uh, you know, someone who's probably in their permanent, res- you know, residence until at least until my son graduates high school. Um, I, I do not miss those moving days. I have not moved uh, in many years. I think we've lived in this house for seven years. 
And uh, I, it's like 100 degrees here in the Midwest right now as we're moving. And Jerry's moving from uh, parts unknown in Michigan. Well, it's actually eight mile if you've been a longtime listener to the show. And he's moving to parts unknown in Iowa. But it's like 99 degrees across the Midwest. So could you imagine moving in this ridiculous heat? It's it's awful. I mean, it's uh, I, I hate moving to begin with, and if you add that kind of heat, it just makes it even more stressful. And um, it just you're you're exhausted when it's all over, and it kind of never ends. You got the boxes sitting around the house. It's it's tough. Moving is tough. It is because, like you know, you, you get a little help with your with your friends packing everything up in this case, but you're moving to a, a brand new city, and it's just you and and, and the misses unpacking in this case. So. Uh, That's what Jerry's up to, hoping to have him back next week on the show. We'll be doing some running back hot takes. Theo and I are going to jump into some quarterback hot takes here in a second. But, man, what what have you been up to? I I always retweet you. Again, his Twitter handle is at the OG Fantasy. And I will always retweet Theo's stuff. Uh, It's the player profiler, Roto Underworld content that I consume. Big fan of Theo and his work. And, you know, listen to the podcast with you and JD and Dan, but you tell us what you got going on. Yes. So I just came out with uh, a tight end targets article. Um, It's up on the site. Um, And then I'm working on now is a, like a a late, you could call it a late uh, RB targets article, but more of a a guide. If you go hero RB or zero RB um, kind of the guys you should be targeting. Um, And then, yeah, we're, we're recording twice a week. Um, sometimes three times a week on the Goat District podcast. Um, you know, these guys on the War Zone have been guests um, multiple times. Um, we have, uh, right now we're, we're hitting the best ball shows and a lot of redraft content, mixing in some dynasty. Um, pretty much, you know, up until a couple weeks ago, it was all dynasty. Um, so we're mixing it up and we're bringing on great guests and uh, give us a listen. Yeah, for sure. Just search Goat District Pod. Um, you can find it on YouTube, great YouTube channel. You can see our buddies JD and Dan, uh, both former guests here on the show. We need to get those guys back on. Speaking of traveling, I saw our boy Dan going across country with uh, with his daughter. So, uh, yeah, make sure to check these guys out. Great YouTube channel, uh, a great watch. So, so check those guys out. And then, if you're into reading articles, um, it's really one of the last of the articles that I actually make time to read. Theo's a good writer. I don't want to put him over too strong. He does a good job with his content. So if you're looking for some of that, uh, make sure to check him out everywhere. So, uh, Theo, you, you do know we do a little segment as a loyal listener to the Dynasty Warzone. You know we do a little segment here on the show. We like to call it Good People, Bad Tweets. Are you familiar? I love it. Uh, so so I, do, I do have one for us this week. And uh, I want to make sure that, that, as always, the disclaimer of Good People, Bad Tweets is uh, it, it's not like a personal thing. I actually follow this person. Um, he has a lot of good content. He does baseball. He does football. It's Frank Amarante. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's at F-A-M-M-I-R-A-N-T-E-T-F-J. Just, just search Frank A-M-M-I-R-A-N-T-E. You'll find him. Um, good follow if you're into sports, dynasty, fantasy. But on this particular take, I think he's a good person with a bad tweet. Here we go. So uh, Baker Mayfield would have a career year passing to DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey. The Panthers would immediately become the clear-cut second-best team in the NFC South. Make it happen. Now, before I I, I throw it to you, Theo, I'm I'm just going to do this. Let me tell you a couple of three things. Let me tell you a couple of three things about this tweet and why I find it wrong. 
Uh, first of all, one of my hot takes last week was that I do think Baker lands on a new team. And I do think Baker has a very good season. But where I think this is a bad tweet is that it's not the Carolina Panthers. Even if they got Baker Mayfield, they're not going to be the second best team in the NFC South. I think the best team in the NFC South is clearly the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think if you're going total roster, uh, you know, agnostic of the QB, get the QB out of there and look at the other 22, 21 starters, it's clearly the New Orleans Saints. You know, they've added the Honey Badger. They've added Jarvis Landry. They've added Chris Olave. They've they've added everywhere on that team. And I think Jameis Winston at this point in his career is a much better quarterback. I mean, look at the, 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 the New Orleans Saints last year. So they wouldn't be the second best team. And wouldn't this be going against the plan? Isn't the whole point of keeping Sam Darnold and drafting the Sam Howell late? Was it Sam Howell? Um, no, it was um, Corral. Corral. Matt Corral, Sam Howell went to Washington. I got those two confused there. But wasn't the point of, of taking Corral late the point of, hey, we're going to give Sam six, eight games. This thing's probably going to go sideways. We want it to go sideways because there's a, a, a Vegas prop right now that the number of QBs in the first round next year is five and a half. I went through and did some mock draft research. If you're Carolina, you want to get the QB of the future in next year's draft. You want to suck this year. This is the program. This and Baker does not help that. Does going seven and nine in the NFC does it do anything for you? Does it help the long term plan or does it help the short term plan? Where I agree with Frank is that yes, Baker would have a career year with Christian McCaffrey, with DJ Moore, with Robbie Anderson, with Tommy Tremble with a pretty good ensemble offensive cast. They improve the offensive line with their draft pick. But I think it's a bad tweet in that that's not the plan for the Carolina Panthers. They want to bomb. They want to bottom out. They want to get that that rookie QB on a rookie deal, be able to add to the young pieces they've already got, and spend some money in free agency. At least that's what I thought when I read Frank's tweet. What are your, th- what are your couple of two, three things now that I've had mine? No, I would agree with that. I mean, it's it, it doesn't make sense for them to move in that direction. I think they they want you know five plus years out of Bryce Young, a lot more than five months out of uh, of Baker Mayfield. And I think he's kind of a, a purgatory player in the sense that he's not going to make them uh, elite, and he's going to keep them kind of just good enough to miss out on the the top tier of quarterbacks. So it would be a counterproductive move. I completely agree with you on that. Yeah, it, it, it's just I. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but it almost feels like someone who's been a Baker fan caping up for their boy one last time. And no one has been harder on Baker to start his career. And by the way, no one in the dynasty space was more right than me on Baker early in his dynasty career. But I've also, I'm starting to see value. Like I said, he is someone that I I really see, you know, I, I know people don't believe this, but I, I think if Deshaun Watson gets suspended, I've said this before, isn't it in both parties' best interest for Baker just to play for Cleveland? Improve, rehab your image. The only reason why Baker is not more sought after in the market is because of his image. It's not that he's not talented. He's clearly one of the 30, 32 best QBs in the world. That's not why he doesn't have a job. So wouldn't it go a long way to you know showing maturity, saying, hey, I'm going to help the team. I understand I'm not the long-term answer here. You have, you have a great 2022, 
And then in turn, Cleveland lets you walk in free agency next year and you get a pick wherever you want to go as the cap continues to go up. I think that would be a win-win. I am not going to be at all surprised if Baker is the long, not the long-term, the, the 2022 answer for Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, it makes most sense for them to kind of kiss and make up, even if it's, you know, Watson only suspended for, you know, six, eight games. You still want to have Baker start those games. And, um, you know, I think that for him to get that next job, he would have a chance this year to have a winning record on a, on a, on a pretty strong roster. Um, I think that would go a long, a long way. Um, and, and like, I agree with you. I think it would show maturity for him to kind of kiss and make up after such an awkward situation. Just, just simply walk to a podium and say, hey, listen, this has been the strangest, you know, six months, nine months of my life. But you know what? In the best interest of all the parties involved, including the other 52 guys in that locker room, we've got a playoff caliber roster here. We're going to make one last run of it, kind of like Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. They posted the the last dance, you know, last year. This is the last dance in Cleveland. And then if you're Baker, you can go out and resurrect your career. But I don't think I don't think if you're Seattle, if you're Carolina, if you're a team like that, that you go out and get Baker. I think a team that goes gets Baker is if you lose a QB in the 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 preseason. It happens every year, you know. Someone you know holds out, or there's a lot of situations where I could see Baker get traded if he doesn't make up in Cleveland. I just, if you're a bad team, why why force your? It's kind of like dynasty. That's what we do, right? Why are you making trades right now for older assets that aren't going to make you a championship contender? That's just going to make your future draft picks less valuable, and not be able to get the players that will get you over the hump long term. That's kind of how I I read all of this. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with you. Um, and I, I have listened to your takes on Baker, though. I do think he's gotten to a point where he's kind of underrated in Dynasty. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, he's he's definitely uh, an NFL starting quarterback, whether we like him, you know, being a winning NFL starting quarterback or a, a guy who's really impactful on our fantasy teams. Um, you know, that remains to be seen. But in terms of should he start for an NFL team? Absolutely. And I think like you've, you've recommended to go get him in Superflex. I think that's a great recommendation um, to kind of kick the tires now um, when he's kind of unattached. And you know what? That was one of my hot takes last week. And all this weaves back into the Patreon, which Good People, Bad Tweets is brought to you by. It's brought to you by our Patreon. Um, you know, Baker Mayfield, along with the rookies next year, are going to displace at least five to six starting quarterbacks in the NFL. So I just recorded an episode of that for our patrons. I'm going to upload that probably tomorrow morning. Um, and that's just one of the things that we do over at Patreon. Um, we have a great group chat. Um, we just brought in a couple of, of new patrons. Brought in a, uh, a gentleman named Colin. He's already ruling the roost in the group chat. That's been the part that he loves. Um, been doing some one-on-one stuff with a new patron named Daniel. And, and that's been great for he and I. And that's everything that we do over at patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Um, if you're looking for one-on-one advice, if you're looking for a group chat to, you know, get that collective IQ, that wisdom of crowds, not just from me and Jerry, but all the content creators at the DWZ, as well as dozens and dozens and dozens of your fellow Dynasty gamer. And if that's what you're looking for and you're looking for a value, head over there. It's Again, it's patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Check it out and uh, see how we can help you and uh, add to your Dynasty experience. But uh Theo, I'm ready to talk more about the uh, about the QB position. 
So I did some hot takes last week. We just talked about Baker. Now, what do you think about me saying that Baker is going to land a job, whether it's in Cleveland or somewhere else, and he is going to be a top 16-ish fantasy QB for 2022? You play a lot of best ball. What are you seeing with Baker out there, and what do you think about that take? Because you already mentioned my dynasty take that I'm buying. 16, you would need a good landing spot. Um, I think that that if he like if he lands back in Cleveland, I, I don't necessarily I will take the under on that, but I would take the over on on certain situations. Like you said, it could be an unforeseen situation. So I would say um, that him returning value is is a good bet, but I, I I'm going to take the under on sixteen. Okay, that, that's fair. I, I just I, I just see him really playing well, and that's kind of been his career path. Up until last year, he was hurt. He had the shoulder injury. I think he missed a game and a half, if I remember correctly. Very limited in others. And I, I think that I'm, I'm not asking him to be top 10. But if you, I think if we look back on Baker Mayfield in three years, and he has a Kirk Cousins-esque career arc where he winds up on a second team, maybe a more well-ran team. I know uh, Josh Hermsmeyer recently called the Cleveland Browns fake sharp. You know, we like to laud Andrew Barry, and before that, Sashi Brown and the Cleveland Browns are, are sharp. He called them fake sharp, and, and I don't think I could agree more. I, th- I think Cleveland, I think we want Cleveland to be sharp. I think we want Cleveland to be good. I just don't think it's a good organization. I don't think it's well-ran, and I think that starts at the top with Jimmy Haslam. Uh, I think you could bring in good people, but ultimately when you handcuff those good people like Andrew Barry and you force them to, you know, give guaranteed contracts to a guy with the baggage of a Deshaun Watson, who I like as a fantasy option, not as a person, goes without saying. But when you handcuff those good people, it makes for a poorly run organization. And would it shock me as a Colts fan if on the wheel of quarterback, if the 2023 version for the Colts is Baker Mayfield, it would not. So, you know, if he picks an organization like the Colts, um, and, and there could be others. Uh, I don't want to give away the entire patron podcast that I'm that I, that I've put together, but um, that was my take on Baker. But enough about my take and rehashing one from last week. What about one of your hot takes? You know, you're you're a, a big best ball player, and I, I don't say that tongue in cheek. Theo plays some super high level, super high entry fee. He's got it like that. That's right. Um, you know he. He's very in tune to what's going on with seasonal and dynasty. So give us that hot take. Give us your first hot take that uh, you're you're hanging your hat on for 2022. So I think um, one of the big quarterback winners based on ADP right now will end up being Derek Carr. Um, I think Derek Carr is in a fantastic situation. Um, last year, he was fifth in passing yards in the league. He was fifth in deep passes over 50 yards. Um, he had a career high of 4,800 yards passing. Now he gets a, a new a new head coach. They've done everything that they can um, to try to improve that offense. They got Devontae Adams. Um, they uh, re-signed Hunter Renfro. They extended him. Um, and I think that everything's kind of shaping up for them to let Carr loose. I think McDaniels is coming from a run-heavy uh, system in New England. It's his second chance as a head coach in the league. Um, I think that he's going to try to put his stamp on this offense, make them a lot more balanced, an aggressive passing attack. And I think Carr could really, really pay off where he's going. Um, right now, he's quarterback 14, um, on, uh, right about quarterback 14, quarterback 15 uh, in best ball. 
I think that he's got a chance to finish as like on the higher range quarterback six ish. Um, I think he could he could really really have a career year, um, and I think the Raiders could be a lot of fun on offense. I think underrated um, Kenyon Drake being healthy will give him another option out of the backfield. I think they'll utilize him as a receiver, um, and obviously he's got Darren Waller. Um, so they, I mean they're loaded, um, and I think that Carr is really really going to have a great year. Well, the the one thing that that I wanted to say is. I have been, as you listen to the show and our loyal listeners as well as new time listeners, um, our loyal listeners would tell you I've been a proponent of Derek Carr for a long time. I've always been a Derek Carr guy. Um, I, I think he's more talented than people think. I think he's boring. I think that he is a guy, um, you know, whatever you're into is into, but you know, he's, he's uh, openly religious. I think that turns some people off. I think there's a lot about Derek Carr, the person, but I thought that I was on him heavy and the addition of Devontae Adams, the, the re-signing of Waller, um, the re-signing of Renfro, the, the bringing in of Josh. I thought it would actually help his dynasty ADP. Now, I'm using fantasy pros. Where do you think Derek Carr's ranking from one to whatever? We'll call 40 because there's some backup QBs worth rostering in dynasty. Where do you think Derek Carr is going in a dynasty ADP range per Fantasy Pros ADP data? That's a tough one because I, I think that he would be definitely behind um, a number of those younger quarterbacks. Um, I would say he's probably closer to quarterback 20 um, in dynasty ADP right now. You know, uh, th- this is why we bring guys like Theo on. I mean, he, he is good. But the cream rise to the top. Oh, yeah. Per Fantasy Pros ADP data for Dynasty, Derek Carr is QB20. And that's criminal. He's 31 years old. Thirty. He's a guy that, you know, we're going to kind of ball the gambling stuff that we do this season into our redraft show. We're going to kind of do like a Wednesday show, more on that to come later. But he's the kind of guy that if you're looking for a long shot MVP, type candidate and you want good odds on the money. I mean, he was having an, an MVP campaign a couple of years ago, um, the year that he broke his ankle in the game against Mike Colts. And he's only 31 years old. If you get Derek Carr as your QB2 in a Superflex startup, you have done tremendous for yourself. I love your take on, on, on Derek Carr. I'm a big Derek Carr guy. And uh, we, we see this one eye to eye. So, I'm going to give you a new hot take that I didn't cover last week. So earlier I referenced the the Patreon pod that I did about the five incoming rookie QBs, potential first-round QBs in 2022, as well as Baker being a free agent, and who they'll displace. I'll tell you a guy that I truly do not believe gets displaced because I think he has a pretty good year, and that's Davis Mills. I think Davis Mills of the Houston Texans. Um, now, if they finish on like the 101 or the 102, it would be very hard for them to pass up a, a C.J. Stroud or a Bryce Young in favor of a Davis Mills, but I don't. I don't think they're going to be that bad. I think they could potentially split with the with the Titans and the Jags and, and maybe even the Colts. Although the Colts have historically had have had the Texans number, but I think with a veteran head coach and Lovey Smith, decent weapons around. You know, uh, I know people hate Marlon Mack and want to see Damian Pierce get all the work there in, in the backfield, but Marlon Mack's a pro. Brandon Cook's a pro. Um, they, they've invested a little bit. And 
I think Lovey Smith is is good for some wins. So this is a team that wins five, six games, maybe seven on the high end if if things break right. Um, they've got a pretty easy schedule. So and I think Davis Mills could do some things. And I, I think this coaching staff and this front office could look and say, hey, do we want to go one more draft class? We still have Cleveland's draft pick this year. We have, do, do they want to go the Philadelphia Eagles route and maybe give Davis Mills another full season after his rookie year? Because this the similar career path, different type quarterback than Jalen Hurts. He got a partial season as a rookie due to do some poor play injury issues in front of him. He's going to get all of his sophomore year, and I think he'll get his junior year, his third year in the NFL. And that makes Davis Mills kind of a sneaky buy for me in Dynasty. Um, I think if I was going to angle shoot another GM, I'd say, listen, go look at these over and under props. There's going to be up to five, five, you know, quarterbacks drafted in the first round. How does Davis Mills avoid it? I think Davis Mills is a guy that I still like. So for me, I'm a Davis Mills guy. I think he'll be a serviceable QB two, and I've referenced this stat many times on the show. Only one QB from week 12, one rookie QB from week 12 through one, uh, week 18 scored more fantasy points than Davis Mills last year, and that was Zach Wilson. So a guy who could be helpful, and I think he'll have sneaky, sneaky long-term value. Where do you where do you stand on that take, and where do you stand with uh, Davis Mills? I actually like that take a lot. We had I took Davis Mills actually this week as a QB three in a super flex startup, um, and I, I think that it's he's one of these guys that people are just thinking is going to get replaced. But I think he flashed. I think they like him enough. Um, I like getting Lovey Smith. Um, I think that um, he's he's kind of like a, a, a head coach that will provide a great deal of um, stability there. He already showed a great chemistry with Brandon Cooks. He had like twenty seven percent. Um, targeting Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is back. Brandon Cooks is healthy. I like the draft pick of Mechie. I think once Mechie gets healthy, I think Mechie's going to help that offense. Um, I mean, he can fly. Um, so I, I think that Mills is sneaky this year, and I agree with you. I don't think they're going to be just awful. I think that they're going to be just good enough to maybe, again, avoid those top five um, you know, picks. Because those, those guys like Stroud and Young, I mean, any way you cut it, they're going off the board you know, with the top three picks. So I think that, you know, if you kind of avoid those tier of guys, I think that Mills is, has a great chance to keep his job next year. Well, good. I'm, gl- I'm glad we're on the same page there. I, I've really come around on him. And, I, I, I mean, the other guys in, in this draft class that, that I've done a little, this should impress all of you Debbie and college football fans because I've done more research on this than I normally do at this time in the upcoming class. That's what my boy Dallas over at the Rookie Rundown's for. And, you know, you've got Will Levis or Levi's. I don't know. I don't even know how to pronounce the guy's name, but I know who he is out of Kentucky. you got Anthony Richardson out of Florida. And then uh, Cameron Ward out of Washington State are are some of the guys that I've done a little, very little bit of research into. But if it's not Stroud or Young, I don't know how they would be super eager to replace – uh, Davis Mills. So that was my second hot take. Um, give us another one of yours. So my hot take is Lamar Jackson is the league winner. If we're looking for a league winning quarterback, uh, I'm going on Lamar Jackson. I think that there will be an extension before the season. Um, I think if you talk to, you know, people close to the situation in Baltimore, some people are maybe a little less optimistic than me, but I think, you know, the fact that 
it seems like it's make or break time for, for Baltimore. Um, they really, really need to make a push with Lamar. Uh, last year they had issues. He only played 12 games. Um, but I think that they're really shaping up to look a lot more like they did in 2019 um, where Lamar had his career year, um, where they're going to go back to a run-heavy approach. I think getting Dobbins and Edwards um, healthy is going to help that entire offense. We've already seen him have a 1,200-yard rushing season. Um, I think he can reach that level um, somewhere in that, you know, 1,100-plus rushing yards um, and get between his 2019 and his 2020 seasons in terms of passing touchdowns. We've seen him have a 36-touchdown season, a 26-touchdown season. Um, I love how Mark Andrews and him have a chemistry, and I think Rashad Bateman um, could take could take this offense uh, to another level. I think he could be a really, really, really productive player for Lamar Jackson. So for me, I know it's a little bold, but he's quarterback four right now, um, and I'm going to take an optimistic approach with Baltimore um, going back to letting Lamar do his thing. This is our chance to kind of, you know, get back in that, you know, top of the AFC um, and go for it. Um, and I think that that's it's also shaping up to be a potential shootouts with Cincinnati. The, uh, the division is not quite as scary with uh, no Deshaun Watson, um, if we're projecting that. And a Pittsburgh with, with, uh, with Mitch could be interesting, but it's not quite as scary. So I think Baltimore is going to have a, a chance to get back on track, and it's going to be behind letting Lamar do his thing. So I'm very bullish on Lamar Jackson. Um, for me, I think he's got – a chance at QB one overall season, you're getting them QB four. I have come full circle again. I don't ever dig in my heels on on takes. I was not a big Lamar guy coming out, um, but I've seen the upside and and the major potential in Lamar. And I think people have just kind of soured on him. You know, he didn't have the great follow up to his MVP season last year. He had some injuries and. You know, everything just didn't go perfect the way that it should. But let me hit you with a little would you rather. So you're, you're a ton of startups. Forget best ball for a second. Let's just talk dynasty. You're on the clock, both players on the board. Do you want Lamar or Kyler Murray? That's a tough one for me. I'm probably going to go Lamar just because I think Kyler Murray also, you could make an argument, has – you know, league winning ability because he's, he's got that rushing ability. Um, he's a tremendous player. I just worry about the size. I mean, he's, he's, he's a little smaller. Um, so I would kind of let that be, you know, my tiebreaker there. Um, so I would go with Lamar ahead of Kyler Murray. Um, if we're, if we're doing a startup. For me, it's not even close. I'm taking Lamar all day, every day, twice on Sunday, easy, hundred percent easy. Uh, I'm always going to lean to, like the, the the team guy, you know, it, it, all things being equal. Let me ask you a tougher one right now. Lamar Jackson or Joe Burrow? That's, that's tough. Um, you know, Burrow's in a great situation. I just think that the rushing ability of Lamar, like Lamar's peak season to me is going to be ahead of a peak season for Burrow. For Burrow to have a peak season, we're going to need to see him, you know, throw for a tremendous amount of passing touchdowns. I think Lamar, like, he could just go nuclear uh, rushing the football and be efficient as a passer, and I think his ceiling is a little higher. So that's a that's a tough one, but I, I'm going to lean Lamar on that one as well. How about yourself? Uh, again, very, very close. I think that we 
as dynasty. I think just people in general for, forget for, for, forget dynasty, just anything. The most recent movie that you saw that was really great, like everybody loved Top Gun Maverick. Oh, it was the greatest movie I've seen in years. I mean, it was good, but was it really the greatest movie you've seen? But it's just the most entertaining, enjoyable movie that you've seen in the last business quarter or the last half year, which makes it really stick out. And I think as dynasty and fantasy gamers, we just really remember those last two games of the of the fantasy playoffs, week 16 and 17, when Joe Burrow won everybody a lot of cash. He had a 38-point game. He had a 35-point game. But I think we tend to forget about the the weeks from week 9, you know, 9, 11, 12, and 13, where he didn't score more than 16 points. You know, is Zach Taylor and the coaching staff going to continue to open up that offense? Are they going to continue to see more of that? And, and, and maybe they do. But I just know that week in, week out, I always have a safer floor with Lamar Jackson. I just think I get a better floor and a better ceiling just based off his wheels. If he runs for 60 yards, that's an extra touchdown. And if you get four points per passing touchdown, that's a touchdown and a half. So for me, it, it's it's pretty clearly Lamar, but it's you gotta you gotta lean toward it's close. They're both in my top eight, so we're splitting hairs. I just wanted to see how uh, how dug in you were on that take. Now I have one more. Uh, I'll hit you with a couple of my other ones from last week. Um, I can't quit. You know, I, I don't have that. I don't have that that sound drop. I don't have that. You know, broke back mountain. I wish I knew how to quit you. So so the best I got. Hey now. <laughs> I'll give you a hey now. It's Danny Dimes. I think Danny Dimes has a really good bounce back season and will flirt with being a QB1. I think he'll finish somewhere between QB10 and QB14 on the season. And part of it's Brian Dayball. And I don't believe that Danny Dimes is the, the, the level of athlete of Josh Allen. But I also believe Danny Dimes is a better athlete than people give him credit for. What this guy needs to do is really just stay healthy. He had like a head and neck thing last year that he's since been cleared of. He had some hamstring issues, which as a, a guy who has a, a good rushing ability in his own right, I, I, th- I think that he's he could be a lot better served in this Brian Dayball offense. And let me ask you a question. You did really good on the, on the, the random question I asked you earlier. Now, how much bigger of an athlete? I didn't say better in, in tools, but how much bigger of a man – do you think Josh Allen is than Danny Dimes? I mean, he's he's bigger, but but Danny Dimes is, is a is a is a large quarterback. I mean, his frame is good, and and um, athletically, he's he's up there. I mean, he you know, if we're talking about like forty time and, and measurables, like Daniel Jones. No, just run. give me give me height and weight. What do you think their height and weight are? Who's taller? Who's heavier? And by how much? I'll say Josh Allen by ten pounds um, in terms of weight. And I'll say Josh Allen by an inch. Uh, they're both 6'5". Daniel Jones listed at 220, Josh Allen 237. Now, I get it. I, I'm, I'm not saying that Danny Dimes is going to, you know, springboard up and all of a sudden become Josh Allen. That's, that's Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm just saying that he is a good-sized man who's got good wheels of his own right. Um, there are plenty of pass catchers there. I don't think there's an elite one. I would have loved to, obviously, for them to have brought in a Stephon Diggs type. But, but Danny Dimes is the kind of guy, if I could get him as my QB3, if someone's really soured on him, 
if you know maybe he's on a uh, a rebuilding roster in Dynasty, I'll give you Kenny Pickett for Danny Dimes. I'm just going to bet on the athlete. I'm going to bet on the athlete more than I'm going to bet on the rookie. Now, does that does that mean that Kenny Pickett's going to be bad? No, but if he was taken to what twentieth overall. Do they have to get him on the field? Does he have to supplant Mitch Trubisky? You know, maybe. I, I just think Danny Dimes, and if things are going well, it could be a short-term flip. So for me, I like Danny Dimes. I like the athlete. I like the sneaky Konami code. Where are you? What do you think about Danny Dimes, and where are you seeing him go in the uh, best ball startups that you're doing right now? You're doing a lot of flex, super flex. I know that underdog is added so- super flex. So I'm, I have not really been doing as many of the super flex um, of best balls, but I know that Danny Dimes um, is interesting because a lot of people like doing giant stacks because giant stacks are, are cheap and, um, you know, none of their, their wide receivers are getting pushed up that high. So, like, Danny Dimes is, is kind of um, been an interesting, like, QB2 in, like, some of these underdogs. Right now, Danny Dimes is quarterback 22. So, you know, based on, you know, your 10 to 14, that would be a, a big win. G- give um, me the two above and the two below. So if he's, if he's 22, who's, who's uh, what, 20 and 21? Jameis at quarterback 20, Matt Ryan at quarterback 21. Okay. And then right, right below him is Zach Wilson and Ryan Tannehill. So I think if you took that, that group, I, I would say Danny Dimes definitely has the highest ceiling. Um, I don't see Matt Ryan or Jameis Winston – um, you know, you could make a case for Zach Wilson making a big step forward, but um, Jones would kind of be the the highest uh, ceiling guy in that group. But by the way, a little segue, I'll get your opinion on this. Zach Wilson, another guy that I'm really intrigued by in Dynasty, because I don't think people always put the two and two together that Zach Wilson, his offensive coordinator, Mike LaFleur, not to be confused with his brother, Matt LaFleur, or the great from the all-time movie, Dodgeball, Peter LaFleur, but they all come from that Sean McVay coaching tree, which is a derivative of the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree, which is, a you know, this is all very trickle down from Mike Shanahan. And this is year two. And if you look at year two in that offense, so many guys have had their best career year in year two of that system, whether that be Aaron Rodgers, whether that be Matt Ryan, um, so many guys, when they, they move over to that Shanahan offense, Jimmy Garoppolo, another guy who had a big year in, in that offense, I could really see Zach Wilson. I mean, the boot kind of like Danny Dimes, the boom bust is there. I mean, they've, they've, they've invested in the, the skill position. I, I think Zach Wilson's a sneaky, sneaky guy with, with upside for both best ball and dynasty. Thoughts yeah, on Zach I, I Wilson? Com- I completely agree with you. And I think that, um, like the Brees Hall and, and the Garrett Wilson additions, uh, you know, everybody talks about them. But you know and I know that it, this offense, it, it, the tight end is very important. And they brought in three tight ends. Um, well, we can we, – I'm going you know, like 2.5 because you got you got C.J. Uzoma and Tyler Conklin and then a rookie that I really like in Jeremy yeah. Ruckert. Yeah, so Jeremy Ruckert's interesting because he's a local guy and the Jets drafted him. Um, he's from Long Island where I live. So there's like a like a little hype on him, but the Conklin um, is getting great reports out of camp, where it kind of looked like you know it would be more like a tight end by committee. Conklin might kind of take that, um, but 
it's just the the sum of the parts. They're putting him. They're doing everything they can to put him in a, in a position to succeed. Um, and I think that you know the pressure's on Wilson, but all he's got to do is is make the proper reads and take the next step forward because the talent is there. I mean, we love the wide receivers there. Um, we didn't even bring up Corey Davis. Um, so he'll have three wide receivers that are that are capable um, deep at tight end. And then I mean, we love Brees Hall and. Michael Carter's shown that he can play in this league as well. So he's got weapons galore. And, and, and I'm just hurt that you didn't bring up Braxton Barrios. Braxton Barrios. Braxton Barrios buried me. Be- he buried me in a, uh, a final of a uh, league that I really wanted to win. It's, a, it's an old school, I guess we're all old heads at this point, like Dynasty Podcasters League with you know, the dynasty happy hour guys and the dynasty trade calculator guys and the dynasty nerds, just some of those old, and I really want, I really wanted that championship and goddamned Braxton Berrios was on uh, Pete Davidson's roster and, and, and he got me and he, and I, I will, I will always prop up Brad. I will give Braxton Berrios his flowers. And I was a little disappointed that you didn't. Well, shout out to uh, Dan Williamson, our boy from the goat district. Um, Dan won a big league with Braxton Berrios as his as his waiver wire pickup and and flex play. So you weren't the only one to kind of suffer. Whoever Dan was playing suffered that week as well. Um, yeah, Berrios can play. I should have brought him up. And um, it just goes to show you the like you've got you got to like what they're doing with that with that offense. They're bringing in guys and they're just putting them in a, in a position to succeed. So he's he's super interesting. And that's why that Jets offense is low-key interesting from both a dynasty and a, and a best ball redraft standpoint is the defense is still not going to be great. So the offense, you're in a division with, with Miami, which should be improved. They're in a division with Buffalo, one of the best offenses in the league. You know, I mean, Uncle Bill's going to whoop up on them twice a year. That's just what Belichick does. But I think there's some upside there. I didn't mean to uh, steer the, the ship that way, but it was just good conversation. Give us one more. Give us one more good, uh, good hot take. So I, I, I'm going to go with Tua does just enough um, and takes a big step forward and keeps his job for next season. Um, I think that he's got, like we talk about Zach Wilson having pressure to perform. I think Tua might have the most pressure of any quarterback right now to perform. Uh, they went out and got Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddles there, Cedric Wilson. They re-signed Jacecki. They go out and get 100 running backs. Um, he's got a new head coach. I think that they're saying everything they can. I think that they really, really want to see Tua succeed. Um, and I think they're going to put him in a position to do so. I think Miami is actually going to have a, a nice season. I think they're going to challenge for a playoff berth. And I think Tua is going to keep his job heading into next year. If I had to give you a quarterback finish, um, I'd say he has a chance at somewhere around, you know, quarterback 16-ish, just based on getting the ball into the hands of those two wide receivers um, I think Waddle is kind of underrated right now because I think a lot of people are scared off of Waddle, but I think he's an elite talent. Um, and I think he'll be able to coexist with Tyreek Hill. So all two has got to do is just get the ball to the right people. And I think he'll do just enough as like a game manager to, to keep his job heading into next year. Man, I, I, uh, I, I hate to argue with guests, but there, there is no one I want less of in any format than Tua. You know, he, he got hurt, and that's what he does. First of all, that's part of the reason why he's he's missed games every year. What is this, his third year in the league? Third year yep. in the league, going back to college. He's missed multiple games, what, four years in a row? He's he's six foot one, 215 pounds. He thinks he's more mobile than he is. 
My, my thing with Tua is that once he came back and, and, and played healthy the, the back half of the year, he averaged 12.6 points. So literally from week 10 through week 18, he never scored more than 17.9 fantasy points. I, I love the addition of uh, Tyreek Hill. I like the fact that the head coach that hated him is gone because the head coach last year, Brian Flores, clearly hated to. It was pretty obvious. And j- just for me, I, I just I can't get there. I, I think he could even have a good season, and if – they don't make the playoffs. I think he's gone. I really do. Miami's got the draft capital next year to uh, go out and kind of, you know, move, move on from him. So for me, I, I just can't get behind Tua. I just can't. Too many good defenses in that division. And I just don't think he's that guy. I think we want him to be. He went to Alabama, won a national championship. But I don't know, man. Um, do, do those things concern you, like the injuries and – Oh no, absolutely. Um, but this is bold take, and and we're in the war zone with our bold takes. And my bold take is is Tua is going to do just enough to keep that job. And I agree, he has limitations. But I think that um, I believe in Mike McDaniel stylistically. I think that they're going to they're going to be a yak generated offense. And I think that those wide receivers are good enough um, to go with Jacecki. That I think that there's just enough talent on that offense. And I think that it's a, a bright enough head coach that they'll maximize them. And, you know, we'll know really quickly. Um, Cause like you said, um, you know, if we don't see a, a two or take step forward, I think that he's absolutely gone. And I think that there's a chance that if he really struggles, you could see him get benched this year. But I think that um, I'm betting, I'm betting on just enough this, uh, this off season. Um, but I agree with you. There are a lot of a lot of red flags and uh, some serious risks in investing in him in like dynasty. Uh, but strictly for redraft, I think that he's he's uh, he could end up paying off as a QB two this year if it all goes right. Well, um, man, I, I I know this, and I, I've always owned my misses as a dynasty and fantasy. If Tua hits, uh, I don't know what wine pairs well with Crow. But I'll be eating a lot of it if uh, if Tua hits. So um, another one that I had, I, I tell you, I'm also down on Mac Jones. Um, I mentioned this. I think he finishes, I said last week, back 24 at the QB position. That may have been a tad too hot, but more like maybe like 22. But I just, I think it's going to be a real rough year for Mac Jones. Um, what are your thoughts on Mac going into 2022? I, I like the guy. I like the grit. It just, I don't love the offense. I don't love the division. I don't love Matt Patricia. Speaking of guys who are fake sharp, we call Cleveland fake sharp. I know the guy's like a, an astrophysicist or like a, like a literal genius. Like his IQ is that of a, of a genius. But when you have a pencil behind your ear and you're operating on a laminated piece of paper, I have to ask questions. Where are you at with old mac and cheese? I'm, I'm not high on him at all. Um, I think that he's like a game manager. Um, I don't think he's an impactful uh, fantasy player. I think that they'll do everything they can um, to run the ball. And I just don't think he gives you that upside. Uh, he doesn't offer any scrambling ability. Um, we don't love his weapons. And I don't love a second-year quarterback changing um, offensive coordinators. Um, so, like, I get it. He won some games last year. They made the playoffs. But I agree with you. I think that, you know, if you have a chance, like Memphis has brought up, like Zach Wilson, I think like you could potentially trade a Mac Jones for a Zach Wilson plus 
in so many leagues and, and get something on top of Zach Wilson with a higher upside guy, um, I think that might be a, a good way to play it because I just see him being like the kind of guy that if you're in a redraft league and it's and it's a bye week and you need to add a QB, you're never going to ever want to start Mac Jones. And I don't think he offers you a whole lot of upside as your QB two in a, in a super flex either. So I'm with you. I don't, I'm not a huge Mac Jones guy. I think he could start in the league a long time, but I think he's kind of just a guy. I, I think he's Kirk Cousins without the, the weapons. I mean, and quite frankly, the offensive coordinator, you know, or Derek Carr is another guy. I would much rather have those guys. I mean, you look around, you look around Derek Carr and you see Devontae Adams. We talked about him earlier. Adams, Waller, Renfro. You mentioned Kenyon Drake, Josh Jacobs. I really like rookie Zamir White. That's a good offense. We look at Kirk Cousins. You got Adam Thielen, who I think is an absolute steal. I'd like to re- I'd like to welcome the rest of the dynasty and fantasy world to the party. We've been talking about him since since March, but you know, welcome welcome back. Love that man, Adam Thielen. Obviously, Justin Jefferson goes without saying. Can this be the year Herb Smith stays healthy? I know uh, your uh, your guy Matt Kelly there at Roto Underworld and Player Profiler. He's a big uh, Amir Smith Marset guy. Um, KJ Osborne, you know Dalvin Cook goes without saying what a talent he is. And then look at Mac Jones. I mean, Tyquan Thornton, maybe you can squeeze a year out of Devontae Parker. I mean, Hunter Henry I like, but Jonu Smith's never done anything. Sorry, Jonu Smith, athleticism truthers. He's never done nothing. Nothing to, to get me warm and fuzzy. I mean, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers is okay. I mean, if you're looking for a flyer. But the, but just I just look around and I'm like, wh- where's the pizzazz? What should I be excited about? Who's going to help Matt get to the Kirk Cousins level? That's what we're trying to get to is the Kirk Cousins level. Yeah, and I mean, they were rumored during the draft to be a team that that might be trying to get, you know, a Williams or a Wilson-type talent, and it just didn't happen. And then they reached for Thornton, who I've come come around on um, in terms of, like, I'm not as negative on him as some. But, I mean, that can't just – that can't be your main main addition. Um, It's a weird situation. They they don't really have weapons. Um, We all love their head coach. We like their defense, but – at the end of the day, there's just not a whole lot there. Um, like, if you put Kirk Cousins on New England this year, I, I wouldn't like Kirk Cousins either. Like, it's just a bad, bad set of weapons over there in New England. I'm not, I'm not, and that's exactly right. When, when you and I, like, I'll go back to your Derek Carr take. When you and I value the Derek Carrs and Kirk Cousins of the world, well, what are we getting? We're getting divisions where they're going to have to score. We're getting two guys who play in domes. We're getting two guys that have good offensive weapons. What am I getting, you know, with Mac Jones? I'm getting a guy that plays in New England, so there's a good chance from November through the fantasy playoffs. Any Remember the Buffalo game last year where he had like half a point of, of fantasy production? And I had someone tell me, well, but, but Memphis, that's an anomaly. I'm like, is he moving? Is the New England Patriots relocating to like San Antonio? Something I, I haven't heard? Because if, if they're not, the repeat of that weather in New York with the Jets twice, Buffalo and Buffalo twice, New England, eight to nine games a year, depends on which year it is. It's like there's a lot of that potential. And I just see this being – I think Bill Belichick, he is a genius. Speaking of true geniuses, he is a genius. But he likes to zig where the rest of the NFL zags. 
and everybody else is out here high flying, stacking weapons. And I think Bill's going to be like, run the ball and play defense three yards in a cloud of dust with Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harrison. I just doesn't, I just don't think it reeks of dynasty or fantasy success. Yeah. I mean, it's just Bill, Bill Chick is so funny. I mean, the, the draft he put together was just so weird. If you just look at it on a piece of paper, you're like, Belichick is just getting out there in terms of what he's doing. Um, they And they had all this money to spend the last two years, and they don't go out and get, like, you know, a, a proper alpha um, or anything really too exciting. And they exciting. were on the market. And the alphas yeah. were on the market. You have the money. You have the thing. You have the, you have the rookie QB on the rookie contract. Now, there's one last guy I want to ask you about. I'll get you the hell out of here so you can go on about your uh, about your evening. But uh, Trevor Lawrence, I'm going to hit you out of nowhere with Trevor Lawrence. Where are you at with him as a dynasty asset? So I've I've heard I've heard you and you and Jerry talk about Trevor Lawrence. I think that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the kind of guy that you don't you don't mind having on your dynasty rosters. But I think right now, if you have a, like if you look at where he's going in startups right now, he's a sell for me because I think what that, is it like eight ten eight ten twelve somewhere in that range? I I would I would guess I know that like in super flex startups I've seen him go like early second round. Um, he's 11 per fantasy pros. I went back to the fantasy pros. You know, I, I apologize. I should be using Roto Underworld player profiler in honor of my guess. I just, that just popped in my head, but I think that'd be pretty close to consensus. Whether you use Roto Underworld nerds, fantasy yeah. pros, I, I think 10, that's what I said, you know, 10 to 12. That's kind of where I, I thought he would be. Yeah. Like I, I, I think that he's a, he's going to end up being a decent quarterback, but I just think that we had higher hopes for him um, in terms of fantasy. At least I did, um, you know, coming into the draft as, as a rookie. Um, I do think that they've added a lot of speed on that offense where we can pan the, the signings they made based on the contracts. But when they get Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, uh, Zay Jones, he'll have Travis Etienne. Th- there's going to be more team speed and, uh, and a head coach that's a kind of like get him back on track um, with Peterson. Um, I think they'll get the culture right there. But I just think at the end of the day, um, I'm not overwhelmingly bullish on him. I think there's better ways that dynasty players could be using that, you know, that early second round uh, pick, even in a super flex, um, than thinking Trevor Lawrence is going to take this, you know, huge step forward. I don't know how many top five seasons he'll have at all um, in his career. Um, And I think coming into the league, he would have been a guy that people would have bet on to have top five seasons. So for me, um, you can still sell him as an elite asset, um, and I don't necessarily view him as that. I, I think he's a guy that, it, for his career, because he is mobile, but he's not a rusher. He's not Josh Allen. He's not clearly not, not, a lot, not a Lamar. He's more mobile than we think. I really do believe that Doug Peterson will get the most out of him. I don't trust Trent Baalke, the GM. I don't trust Shad Khan, the owner. Uh, I just, again, we talked about Baker earlier and, you know, Cleveland being pseudo sharp. I don't trust Jacksonville to get it right. But there was a time about a half a decade ago where I wouldn't have trusted the Buffalo Bills to have gotten it right. And they have. Uh, I just know this. I know that he's extremely talented. But if you go back and, and, and you look at a guy like Kirk Cousins, who for the last or Derek Carr is another guy. For the last half decade, when they're healthy and play all the games, these guys consistently finish in that QB7 to QB12 range. 
Well, if that's all I'm chasing is though that QB seven to twelve range is like possible best case scenario outcome. Why wouldn't I go get Kirk Cousins for two or three more years and all the plus that I would get for moving Trevor Lawrence? I think it's sometimes we we lose the fact that dynasty and fantasy in general is about points. And if a QB, forget his name, I don't John Smith, I don't care. If if a guy's gonna give me QB seven to twelve range and I can get a much better wide receiver or running back at the cost I'm getting Trevor Lawrence, and then wait a few rounds and get Kirk Cousins, then I'm going to be points ahead because that wide receiver or running back that I get in the, the, the top of round two, as you just mentioned, is going to be way better than the running back or wide receiver I'm going to get in like round five or six of a super flex startup where, where I get Kirk Cousins. So, so for me, it's, it's, just a, it's just a points total. It's nothing against the guy. It's where does he max out versus what does he give me long-term? Yeah, and also, like, we play Dynasty, but the, the goal of Dynasty is not to, like, continually hold, you know, strong, young assets. The goal of Dynasty is to take down a, your league every now and then, if not, um, you know, well, every... That's how you and I play. There's a lot of people who just want to have this sexy-looking roster with, like, with name cachet. I, I like winning. I like money. I like titles. I think you do too. I, and I, I enjoy a rebuild um, as well. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we all enjoy that. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like you got to bank these points. And Trevor Lawrence, you know, like you bring up like Derek Carr or, or Kirk Cousins, I think that the, they're, those guys are cheaper. And I think that they've got a chance at a QB1 season this year. Trevor Lawrence, a lot would have to happen right for him to take that that big step. So Points matter, like you said, and, you know, you can go out and you can trade Trevor Lawrence for you could play it two ways. You could go get him for another young quarterback who and plus a, a ton of assets, or you could get a veteran quarterback plus some assets, because I think that the community really loves um, the idea of Lawrence. But like you said, um, it's hard for me to see him just get into that elite tier. Um, and I think that's what he's worth right now in terms of trade value. Yep, we're in agreement. Well, man, listen, what, when's your next article coming out? A couple of weeks, a month? What are you writing on? Uh, I know like normally on Tuesdays you're doing the, the GOAT District with Dan and JD, the podcast. But just give us the rundown of what's going on in uh, your content creation world. So we had uh, Jared Smola from Draft Sharks on last night, who's a really sharp guy. Um, you can go check that out on GOAT District. Um, my next two articles coming out on Player Profiler will be a draft review that I was in with um, uh, Dan, um, Dwayne McFarland, um, a number of uh, Fantasy Mojo was in that draft. It was like a a, a twelve team uh, football guys FFPC league that was invitation only, and it was really really tough draft. So I did a write up of that, and then I have my zero RB hero RB later round running back uh, candidates coming up and. I'll have written content all throughout the summer, and then I write the waiver wire article that comes out on Tuesdays um, over on Player Profiler. That'll be my weekly article. So check me out um, at the OG Fantasy. Um, check us out at the Goat District. Um, and this was a blast. I, I really appreciate you having me on. And uh, yeah, man, I love the War Zone. Well, we really appreciate you coming on. And like I said, I'm speaking on behalf of Jerry. Um, I, I reached out to you on Monday as we record this on a Tuesday for a Wednesday podcast. And you were like, yeah, absolutely would love to jump on and help you out. So I really appreciate it. A lot of good stuff. I know that best ball is really catchy. I know that 
uh, PFF is really pushing it. I know that uh, obviously Roto Underworld is really pushing it, and it's becoming a much bigger format. I'm telling you, gang, I'm not a best ball guy, but even doctors need doctors. And if you're looking for best ball content, if you're going to dip a toe in the puppy or whatever in the blue hell they're doing over at Underdog, I know they have a promo code over at the GOAT District, too. You know the promo code, top of your head? Give them a shout. The, the promo code is district, uh, and you can also hit me up in the DMs. We can give you an FFPC promo code as well. So they, they got all kinds of promos. So if you're best balling, and that's what these guys do, you got to check these guys out. Go into it with an edge. I can't help you with that because it's just not something that I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about dynasty fantasy football. Uh, not that these guys aren't, but I, I think they're some of the sharpest best ball minds out there. So make sure – you go to YouTube, you go to Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever the blue hell you listen to podcast or watch YouTube. I guess that'd be YouTube and search Goat District. Give these guys a follow. Follow Theo on Twitter. He's always posting mock drafts and real drafts. And you can see where guys who are putting big money on the line are drafting in both Dynasty and Best Ball. That'll give you a real accurate portrayal of where the Sharps are taking some of your favorite players and players that you have questions on. Um, as always, please head over to any of those same places. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, what do I like to say? You can find us everywhere but TikTok because, well, fuck TikTok because I'm, I'm an old man and nobody wants to see me on TikTok anyway. But check us out on YouTube. Check us out on podcast everywhere, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere, Dynasty Warzone. Uh, subscribe. And if uh, you want to support us other ways, the, the Patreon's there. And we'll be here next week with more show. So on behalf of Theo, my name is Memphis. Uh, you can follow me at DWZ Memphis. You can follow him at the OG fantasy. And remember here at the dynasty war zone, we're just here to make the world a better place for fantasy football. Talk to you soon. Have a great week guys. Hey brand goods. That's us. You're very, very proud of the brand and very proud of what we stand for, man. We stand for those who give a shit. We want to be with those who want to do more. And no matter what your pursuit is and whatever it is, as long as you're holding yourself to a higher standard and you're being accountable to what your goals are, we got your back. Hate brand goods, spread hate, always party. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak